Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Hi, I'm Matt Lieb. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod Pod Yourself a Gun, a Sopranos podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Sopranos and talk Talk about about it. It It is uh, a great podcast that you're listening to. It is so good, in fact, that you should go to the iTunes podcast store and give us uh, five stars in a review, right? Isn't that right, Vince? Yeah, Isn't that what they should do? Give us a review. As long as it, it's it good. Help. And if it's not, vafangul. Vafangul. That means up your ass in Spanish or Italian. One of them. Uh, <laughs> I think it means so, yeah. vafangolo, which means go for the butt. But somehow go for the butt. that translates... That's my catchphrase on stage, by the way. (laughs) Isn't that that generally? That's what I go. It's your your personal mantra, really. That's my personal mantra. That's how I choose to live my life. I like to va fon ghoul. So, yeah, give us five stars in review. I mean, after that last bit, how could you not? You know, it's uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, Today, um, in the virtual pod yourself a gun studio we have a very special guest you know her from the hollywood crime scene podcast ladies and gentlemen welcome rachel fisher hi guys hey rachel how you doing thanks for having me on this is very exciting yeah it's a it's a very exciting podcast you know i mean who who doesn't love listening to a a Sopranos podcast 20 years after the show came out, you know? You know <laughs> what? This is this is the kind of stuff 
I'm into like my co-host and I were like, what if we did a, a Melrose place podcast? So yeah. this is, this is right up my alley. Can, can I ask? Yeah. So your shirt says live, laugh, love, which I love because I'm big into word art, but what is that? What's the picture? I can't entirely it's see. It's Bill Murray. Oh, nice. In a bathroom oh, nice. with a toaster. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> from Groundhog Day. Love it. Yeah. It's Groundhog Day. Um, so my friend, Ali Siegel, she made this. Nice. So, nice. Yeah. It's, that's that's how I choose to live my life as well, you know, just uh, in a bathtub, ready to die. That's how <laughs> I thought you were going like, to say laughing and loving, but I mean, sure, yes, yeah, suicide. That's also well, it's also suicide's funny. I think we can all agree. Sure. No one has ever been sad <laughs> at suicide. Um, moving on from the subject of uh, self murder, uh, Rachel, are are you a fan of The Sopranos? I am, and you know, I watched the show way after. The series yeah. finale. I watched it, you know, I was able to binge watch it with yeah. HBO Go, which was nice. But yeah. I obviously remember when it premiered. I had HBO growing up. It was very fancy in my house. We had HBO. Oh, yeah. And I remember it coming on and being like, oh, I don't want to watch this shit. Mm. Yeah. I was like, you know, I was like a 13, you know, when it premiered. And right, 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 I just right. was like, not really like the whole gangster thing just didn't appeal to me at that time. Mm-hmm. But when my friend Desi, who's also my co-host, explained to me, she's like, it's not about gangsters. It's a soap opera. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, she she was like, it's like Melrose Place, which is one of my favorite shows of all time. And yeah. I watched I'm like, this is like Melrose Place. <laughs> you know, like, now I'm, I feel like I need to watch Melrose Place because it was like one of those shows I that I, I knew I'm existed. Nodding, but like, I have no idea, really, deep down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that it's like the interpersonal drama and it's about mm-hmm. a family. And the, the thing I love about The Sopranos, it is, is it's genuinely one of the funniest TV shows, I think. Yes, 100%. And that this is really my favorite genre of TV show where a show is not a comedy. It's not billed as a comedy, but it is funny. Yeah. Yeah. So completely. I, yeah. It, it, it's a great show. Yeah. It, it, it definitely is uh, like a show that it can appeal. And we've said this before on the podcast that uh, it, it can appeal to kind of both types of people. One is the person who watches it and goes, oh, this is actually just a really funny, dark comedy. Yeah. Like it's it's not necessarily, it's in the gangster genre, but it's more a comedy. But it also appeals to the person um, who has like a Scarface poster above their bed. Mm-hmm. And it's totally. like, yeah, Scarface is cool, dude. Cause like <laughs> he, he fucking does coke and he fucks women and he lives life to the fullest. He got like, the money and then he got the power and then he got the women, which is pretty badass when you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's a uh, it's it's something that I love about it is that it's like a, a a fairly versatile show. Like you can be super dumb and watch the show, and I count myself as kind of in uh, that that bucket of people. Like you know, I I enjoy you know delving deeply into uh, you know into those film. people that just belong in a bucket, like a bunch of sloppy. <laughs> feed pigs listen listen we're all piggies deep down That's true and we're all just yearning for our delicious content slop mm-hmm. and this was early on when i watched it because i didn't watch it till like the maybe fourth or fifth season um and uh 
and yeah, so for me at that point in my life, I was young enough that I was like, oh man, this is cool. This is like Godfather, but like fucking, you know, like what if Godfather was a TV show? And then it was like a season into it where I was like, this show is actually um, very refined and a very good show. I, I turned, uh, you know, into a that's, very smart person. That's when you got in your, into your pretentious stage that we all go through. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's when I started wearing glasses. It was a, it was a whole thing. Um, but yeah, we're, we're very excited to have you on, uh, especially for this episode. Uh, it is a, uh, Christmas episode and we'll get into that in a moment, but first we must play the theme song. Pod. 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 Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, today's episode. We are going to be talking about from season three, episode 10 of The Sopranos, and the episode is called To Save Us All from Satan's Power. And uh, this episode premiered April 29, 2001. Vince, uh, can you break us off a little piece of that synopsis? A somnolent visit with the ghosts of Christmas past lands Tony on back on Melfi's couch. With the annual pork store holiday party approaching, Bacala reluctantly agrees to don the Santa suit that Pussy used to wear. Tony and Furio have a holiday surprise in store for the Russian who roughed up Janice. Yeah, yeah, that is uh, that is basically what happens. HBO Max adding a little bit of like Christmas flair to that. I like that, you know. Yeah, they kind of went of... a little bit highbrow on that one, uh, you know. Yeah. Somnol and ghosts. I don't know about that. Yeah, no. I, th- this is a word that uh, I I'm still unsure of. What what is somnolent? Somnolent, you... I believe, means sleepy, um, which I huh. guess is a reference to you know the narcoleptic dude whose name I forget. Um, but I don't think the ghosts themselves were somnolent. But you know, whatever. I guess maybe the I guess. Because they're sleeping, they're somnolent. They they come to him in dreams. I guess that makes sense. All right, I take it back. I, feel, I guess that works. I mean, I feel like the HBO Max like description writers think they're better than me, and it annoys <laughs> the shit out of me. Yeah, I think they're smarter. Well, you know what? Fuck you. I'm not even gonna look up cromulent. That's right. Um, before we get into breaking down the episode, uh, I think it's important to know what was happening during the time. Don't you think, Vince? Cultural context is important. You cannot separate the art from uh, the time period in which it appears. Uh, and that's why we have a little something that we like to call the Remember When Machine. Walk, walk, daddy, daddy, mama, shoo, Remember then, 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 then. Remember <laughs> Remember when it's the lowest form of conversation. That's right. So we're, we're at April 29th, 2001. Um, President George W. Bush had just reached his 100th day, and he had mm. a 57% approval rating at this point uh, in his presidency. Is that good or bad? I can't tell anymore. That's comparable to evaluations of his father and predecessor, Bill Clinton. But the economy could take a toll. <laughs> Ugh. That's not the that... only thing. 
shit was about to hit the fan. Yeah, yeah, that is that's one of the things about like these early uh, Sopranos episodes uh, when we do the Remember One Machine. You just are you're waiting. You're slowly getting to the moment. You're like, come on, nine eleven. I know you're coming. <laughs> yeah, and it's shit's like, they, gonna get they, weird. They don't know how bad shit's gonna get. That's what, <laughs> yeah. everything. Every look back. Um, uh, yeah, the last twenty years. Super fun. Um, yeah. Another so another story. This is from the New York Post. It's uh it's very relevant. I thought uh, how mm. the dapper Don whacked his mafia. Um, and mm. it's uh it's about how basically John Gotti ruined uh the mafia. Um, forty years ago, the mob was at the peak of its power. It controlled the Teamsters Union and its vast pension fund. It dominated dozens of construction unions. It ran the private carding industry. It was in drugs. It owned the heavyweight champion, Sonny Liston. Today, prosecutors believe the mob's power over the economy is much diminished, reduced to service industries like loan sharking, gambling, discos, and topless bars. A federal federal prosecutor told me, now the mafia is just another gang trying to compete with the Russians, Chinese, Albanians, and Colombians. Their smartest leaders are all dead or in prison. Um, Peter Moss has written bestsellers about Joe Valachi and Sammy Gravano. Uh, John Gotti did more to bring down the mafia than anybody except Valachi and Robert Kennedy, Moss told me. Gotti loved publicity. He invited all the unwelcome scrutiny of the mob by being flamboyant, wanting to be a celebrity and thumbing his nose at the FBI. Um, and then the writer of Goodfellas, Nicholas Pileggi, Gotti took the mob back to the 1920s. He did more to ruin the mob than the FBI. Gotti killed Paul Castellano, who was a big earner. Castellano had moved the Gambino family into legitimate businesses. He spent more time with bankers than in social clubs. Polly was a modern guy. Gotti didn't understand banking and business. He was a street thug, a hijacker. He killed the boss with guys who weren't even made. He made them afterwards. Gotti was a throwback. Damn, you know it's uh, it's so sad to see them shitting on um, such a gentle soul like Paul Gotti. Um, oh, no, that's Castellano. not. I was thinking of Paul. I was thinking of Paul Giamatti. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, sure. yeah, no, he is. Uh, <laughs> I would never want to shit on Paul Giamatti. I love him. I yeah, no, but Paul Giamatti. First of all, Although he would, he, ironically never, he would is, never ruin the mafia. Yeah. No, no. But he does look He'd like a really guy who gets about shit it. on a lot. Yeah. Yeah, people people do shit on Paul Giamatti. And I think it's completely unfair. I mean, I this guy, he's never been a more consistent actor in the world. This guy can play Paul Giamatti in the 20s. He can play Paul Giamatti <laughs> in 2013. He can play Paul Giamatti in the 1800s. I have never seen a better Paul Giamatti. Um, but yeah, I, I like that uh, article is uh, basically you know talking about it's a little bit like Remember you know the, the mafia, good old days of the yeah, mafia the mafia used to have respect like there, <laughs> yeah. there's there's a little bit of that in there you know it's like this guy he wanted to be a big shot and he killed a he killed a big earner i feel like people used to write about the mafia back in the day just really really wanted to be in the mafia but they were too cowardly <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um, so the top movies uh, in the country were Driven. That is the Sylvester Stallone uh, IndyCar movie. Um, ah. Bridget Jones Diary and Hell yeah. uh, and Spy Kids. Those are holdovers from last week. Mm. Yeah. Um, the top song was All For You by Janet Jackson. Um, nice. And then uh, in terms of rock, it was It's Been A While by Stained, which I feel like oh. Usher did. Ushered in an era of like all the worst, just mopey, awful. Yeah, that was such a terrible mu- uh, era for music. 
this was such a bad era. Yeah, such it's a bad it's, era for pop music and but more specifically rock music. Yeah, yes. yeah. Well, rock music really this is like it's going to hit a low for a while because I feel yeah. like Stained kind of blew the conch shell to let all of the post grunge rock in and everyone was like, "All right guys, let's yep. uh I, let's retrofit our grunge bands from the 90s and make them today." Yeah, well, it's, and then, it's, it's yeah. It's the constipated rock singer. Yeah, yes, band. exactly. That's what it is. We, well, who was the other? Nickelback came right after Nickelback, that. Creed, it's just a under, lot of people. underbite singing like, we're going. Yeah. But I think, yeah. I think Stain specifically is like a post-Limp Biscuit phenomenon. Where it, like it is. It was, Limp Biscuit yeah. and Papa Roach came out and they were like, man, let's be mad and break stuff. And it was, it, you know, there's like a... It there was, was like, something it was more, pure to that, yeah. but then, uh, but then stained and like Aaron Lewis and like that other uh, what like Days of the New came out and they were like, <laughs> you don't have to be mad, you can just be sad and like yeah. have a bong next to you. And I was like, oh. It really, it really was like the same flavor but a different emotion. Yeah. It was yeah. definitely a, a a response to new metal, but it was kind of the same thing. Yeah, In it was essence. sad. It was sad new metal. It was new, it was, yeah. Yeah, new metal balladry. Ugh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The they worst. were like, how can this music be worse and less authentic? And they're like, make it sad. You know, people will love it. And there was a time when, like, for me, like, this song spoke to me, dude. Oh, no. Like, and because uh, it, it just. Wait, this song? It's been a while? It's been a while. Yeah, Wait. dude. Espe- es- listen, as were you a in kid, high school? I was in, I think I was in, yeah, like ninth grade when this came out. Me too. Yeah, it was. And for me, it was like, I, you know what I what I liked about it was I have no idea what the song is about while I'm listening to it. I'm just enjoying the melody. And then randomly, he just goes like, I cannot blame it on my father. And you're just like, oh, it's about his dad. Hell yeah, dude. I feel you. I feel you. Because when you're in ninth grade, you're like, dude, it's fucking dad. It's my fucking dad. That's the problem. Right. So I, it, there's something about you know, 30 year old men singing about their dad <laughs> and being sad that really touched me as a 14 year old, you know? Sure. Yeah. That was my music. I feel bad for uh, the fact that it looks like Shaggy's angel uh, has finally been knocked yeah. off the, the list. Oh yeah. That's- Think of how much better things would have been if Shaggy had just been at the top of the charts for a little bit longer instead of, yeah, Stained. Yeah. Been nice. Could have stopped. I I, honestly, I don't understand how music works because, like, the number one song on the top forty charts is, is charts is somehow different than the number one song on the top one hundred charts, and I don't really understand how that works. It's it's, uh, it's a I don't know. It's a grift. It's yeah. the this someone is making extra money making separate lists. I get I, it. I feel like you could just do like a sampling of like what were all what were the songs they were most playing on the pop station? What were the songs they were most playing yeah. on the rap station and rock station? Yeah. I do think you're right. I think it it, it was tied into radio somehow. Yeah. So like there are top 100 stations and then there were top 40 stations mm. and I think it's like it it's just your playlist is is different. So and I, I don't believe, know. I believe that that Stain song was number one on the rock station because I could not oh, yeah. fucking get away oh, from it. No, yeah, it was everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I didn't want to, dude. I wanted to you live in that it. song. That was I'm my sure, shit. Look, I listened to equally embarrassing music in 2001. A lot yeah. of it wasn't current music, but it was still embarrassing nonetheless. Yeah. Interesting cultural context for yeah. the time. It's now we good, know. good to know what was yeah, going on. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> yeah. So today, 
like I said before, we're going to be talking about season three, episode 10 of The Sopranos to save us all from Satan's so, power. Can I talk? So like the title, quite an overwrought <laughs> title. I don't really even know what this was a reference to. Did they say it at some point in the show? No, I was I was waiting for it. Uh, I was waiting for maybe there was like a background song, maybe the song at the end. But as far as I could tell, I have no idea what the title of this of this episode means did you catch anything rachel i mean if it has to do with christianity i have no idea according to wikipedia the episode's title is taken from a verse of the christmas christmas carol god rest ye merry gentlemen which i have never heard of that song i don't know that one i don't even have the excuse of being jewish uh (laughs) i still i don't know what that i've never heard that christmas carol god rest ye yeah god rest ye merry gentlemen what does God rest ye even mean, dude? I, I, this is like Christian shit's weird. Uh, you and know, there's a they comma just... between Mary and gentlemen. So like, God rest ye Mary, gentlemen. Like, yeah, I don't okay. Even... So that makes more sense. So get, get a how... nice. How you... Well, yeah. I hope God gives you a good sleep, guys. Right? Is that... I, I guess. Is that... I don't is that know. Not it? That's weird. I don't know. Well, it's a very strange title, uh, but it does kind of get to the fact that this is a Sopranos Christmas special. And um, and because we've already done their synopsis, uh, I think it is time for me to just go through the Bada B stories. Yeah. Tell us, Matt, what are the Bada B stories? And definitely don't rhyme them. <laughs> No, why would I? No, uh, very simply, the Bada stories are Jingle Bells, Christian Rock Sells, Divorce Looks Good on Charmaine, Tony Makes a Christmas List and Sticks a Russian Under a Sleigh, Jingle Bells, Melfi Fails, Bobby is Forced to Play, Oh What Fun It Is to Remember a Friend You Blew Away. Hey, guys thank you great yeah i rarely i rarely sing Mm -hmm. on this on this podcast um so just kind of general thoughts getting into this episode uh i've noticed that it's kind of rare that an american tv show does a christmas special Uh, like you see that a lot on um you know, uh, on British TV, they fucking love a Christmas special. Do they they I didn't mean, have a lot of Christmas. Didn't they have, we had Christmas episodes, didn't we? We had Christmas episodes, uh, not so much Christmas specials, but even the Christmas episodes, I felt like they were always kind of, um, I, I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is that Christmas episodes are vaguely Christmassy, but they're not about the spirit of Christmas. Mm. Whereas I felt like this to me, mean, this you episode, mean the Holy spirit. Yeah, well, nah, 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 but like the spirit of like togetherness, I don't know anything about the Holy Spirit, but I, the, the spirit of Christmas, you know, is, uh, kind of like permeates these UK series Christmas specials, right? And this episode to me felt the most like a British, uh, Christmas special that you would see on like BBC. Like to me, it was like, they they did a Christmas special that like truly captures the spirit of Christmas, you know, like like they it's like it's a season for forgiving, you know, it's like giving gifts to your family that you pretend to enjoy like a big mouth billy bass or sweaters. Uh, it's a season for sharing, sharing like memories of good friends who turned out to be snitches and then you murdered them. A uh, season for goodwill towards Janice, you know, <laughs> by like. Giving her sweet vengeance and whatnot. And then also, you know, 
it's it's a it's a season most importantly for those who believe in Jesus to purchase Janice's upcoming Christian contemporary record. <laughs> like to me, it's very, everything about it is like, it's the spirit of Christmas meets Sopranos. And I enjoyed it very much. Yeah, I definitely like, this isn't one of my favorite episodes of the Sopranos uh, necessarily, but I do think mm-hmm. it is uh, possibly the best Christmas episode of any show that I can think of. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I really liked it. Um, uh, Rachel, like when uh, y- y- I assume, you know, you've seen other TV shows do Christmas specials. Mm-hmm. What, where does this rank for you in the Christmas special genre? I would say it's the best as well, because off the top of my head, the only Christmassy specials on shows I can think of are awful, syrupy, sweet, like Full House or yes, like sitcoms from when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. It's like it, this this one, uh, because it's the Sopranos, they're able to uh, skirt the line. It's like this what makes Sopranos good is basically the formula is um, super violent scene uh, and a song that is completely contrast with the scene that you're watching. It's kind of like the that's a very mafia thing. Right. And Absolutely. so like to, to have the. Um, to, to have like a Christmas backdrop on uh, a episode in which they're kind of reminiscing about their best friend that they murdered is uh, is kind of amazing. Yeah. Well, in this in this Christmas episode, in this Christmas episode of TV, it's also very grounded in reality, whereas I feel yeah. like a lot of Christmassy episodes, they'll kind of go towards magical realism. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. True. I mean, 100%. this one has some magical realism but it's mostly in the form of dream sequences yeah that's not magical realism though that to me i feel like uh, i feel like christmas specials will have like at the very least santa will show up and it's like was that the real santa and then they blow their fucking brains out like this this one it is um it just kind of serves as a backdrop there's no there's no magic to it though there is a dream sequence it opens with tony at Asbury Park and mm-hmm. for some reason well it's it's like a double flashback there's a thing that a lot of movies and TV do where uh, when someone wants to re- uh, reminisce they stare out at a body of water like there's a, yeah. like there's a whole genre of um, introspective moments near bodies of water and mm-hmm. uh, so in this it's that plus like it starts and he's at Asbury Park and immediately you're kind of like Ah, shit, is this going to be a dream sequence episode? Yeah, that's because what I thought, too. there was a dream sequence episode already that, that started at Asbury, Asbury Park. Park. And then, so it's like, uh, the water reminds Tony, and then the Asbury Park reminds us, and then there's like, it's that, uh, it puts us in the uh, dream sequence reminiscing uh, state mm-hmm. of mind right off the bat. And it was great, yeah. because it didn't, I don't think it, it, it wasn't really too heavily dream based it was mostly just uh flashback based Mm -hmm. and yeah um, it's it's a flashback episode they did they did an interesting thing with the flashback which is it's a flashback to 1995 which we know Mm -hmm. because uh the oj trial (laughs) is on television and they and they really they really hammered like the oj references and then like at this point you know it's 2001 when the episode came came out so this is only six years ago 
but Tony nonetheless has like hair. He has more hair, uh-huh. so we can tell flashback Tony. Uh, and he's yes. wearing a bowling shirt, which is very mid nineties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. He, oh. looks, he looks like he's in a swing band. Totally. Oh, I, had, I had a black and white bowling shirt with a martini uh, embroidered no. on this thing, and I Hell thought it was. Yeah, the, dude. I thought it was the coolest shit ever, and. And it and I remember getting like some grown man like complimented me while I was at a urinal uh, with my oh. fucking martini. That's how cool the martini oh, no. bowling shirt was in like the mid nineties. That it was just oh, it no. was the shit, um, dude. I wanted one of those so bad. I was oh, all I had was a is a was a really long chain wallet. <laughs> yeah, that, I never had right. a chain wallet. I somehow managed to not have that or Jenko pants, but. Oh, oh, I'm yeah. so glad I never did the Jinko. Yeah. Did not yeah. do that. So there's one scene in, I actually had to pause it and rewind it because, uh, you know, they show Jackie Jr. In, mm-hmm. in, in flashback when he's like just a high schooler and his pants are so fucking baggy that, yeah. I, <laughs> that I had to rewind it. They weren't even Janko pants. It was just like what regular dress pants look like in the mid 90s. Yeah. And it looked, like, yeah. it looked like you could fit, you know, like two uh six-year-olds in each leg of the pants is how big they were oh i miss it man i miss those baggy pants which days. i think was like the inspiration for donald trump's tailor because all of his clothes uh kind of interesting fit like, fit like that like his they ties look like are too shit. long his ties are too long his pant legs are too wide and all of his shit is just billowing constantly which is hilarious yeah, it's weird because that's like uh, it's a look that if you were to draw it without like the Trump person as like the subject, you would be like, oh, you're drawing a down and out fella, you <laughs> yeah. know, like, yeah. like a fucking uh, Charlie Chaplin esque tramp. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. But uh, that's just uh, that's just that motherfucker style. Um, but yeah, the uh, the I, you know, I wore baggy pants um, until college. Mm, oh, yeah. And and uh, and it was because nobody told me that pants were getting thinner. And uh, it was a revelation when I realized like, oh, this is what I have to do. And I was I've, I'm still to this day bummed out about it because baggy pants were the most comfortable pants. You know, yes. it's hard they for were... me to separate the trends from the natural uh, growing up process, because I think as like a as a boy, um, you know, Every kid from like fourth grade through like, you know, seventh or eighth grade, depending on when you mature, all your shit's super baggy because you're like trying to look older and disguise your like scrawny body. And then I don't know, right around like later in high school or for me later in high school, probably like, you know, 17, 18 years old, your shit Uh starts getting tighter when you're like trying to show off your muscles all of a sudden. Um, (laughs) And I don't know if that was the general trend of culture or if that is the universal uh trend of male clothing of, of growing up no yeah. it can't be because like if you look at um you know if you were to see a video of college kids in 1995 they they were also doing the baggy thing they were also sagging and everything it was like it, it, you know i think it was just kind of the the style uh it wasn't the age group it was the style i think i think that at some point, somebody said, what about tight pants in the early 2000s? Yep. And people were pockets. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the baggy pants had the most pockets. And it was one of the things I loved about it because I loved putting things in pockets. You know, <laughs> yeah, I still do. Wow. I Just I... <laughs> extra stuff. Yeah. Right now, place... now all my T-shirts have a chest pocket because uh, I like to have a place to put 
my uh, earbuds and or uh, face mask. Phone. Yeah. Oh, a face mask. Oh, Look at okay. you. Uh, yeah. I mean, things definitely pants. There was like a moment where all of a sudden it was like tight pants mm. for all the guys. <laughs> like if you baggy pants were just suddenly gone. Yeah. They were I, just I not a thing anymore. I missed it completely. It's it, a funny I, thing. Like I can tell what year it is based on for men. It is the, uh, the pant size and shoe shape. And then for yeah. girls, it is pants height and eyebrow thickness like the eyebrow thickness is like there is a very specific like for some reason in like 2003 to like 2009 it was every girl had the thinnest uh most overplucked eyebrows and it's very and now we've gone completely the other direction where they're like filled in and super thick big and bold and yeah and also low cut low cut pants which um which always was something that like you'd see a commercial for and as a dude, I'd be like, "Oh, that's so hot." Yeah. Um, and then, because uh, you can and then see you more would, of the, the, yeah, you could see more you could of it. Almost see the butt. Yeah, you, might you could see the butt. You, that was you the could see a little. Well, back yeah. in the day, we wanted to see the top of the butt, and now we like to see the bottom of the butt. Like it's changed. That's true. The the, the yeah. part of the butt that you, that's true that you get different, hard for is, is different di- <laughs> all four years of high school from i was in high school from 2000 to 2004 and i have yeah. to say the state of fashion for women at that time was abominable yeah. and i did not i had the hardest time like i literally did i grew up like in the san francisco bay area so like we have mm. access to a ton of thrift stores and stuff like i did most of my shopping in high school at thrift stores because i fucking hated low cut pants yeah yeah <laughs> i could not stand them they're so uncomfortable and it's like you know it's like the thong popping out of them yeah what yeah yeah that? yeah yeah it's funny because everyone every uh woman i know um who somehow I, where i've like been in the room while they're maybe like looking through instagram or something or and they see low cut pants they have a visceral reaction to it where they'll see it and they'll go oh because it just bring, floods memories of just the worst trend in fashion well and i did have low cut jeans because if you wanted to buy a pair of jeans like unless you found the perfect vintage pair and it's like women like for me like as like my body type or whatever like i have a hard time fitting in a jean so like i had mm-hmm. low cut jeans and every picture of me from in like 2004, my underwear and like it wasn't even a thong. It was just lace, a big lacy band <laughs> is just sticking out of every fucking picture of me in those jeans. And girls oh, take yeah. that as embarrassing. But dudes are like, oh, look at your underwear. I could see a little. Yeah, I got a, I got a little taste of underwear. Oh, so cool. Yeah. Uh, it was very yeah. like a beach skank was like the dominant fashion mode in like beach the, skank. The yeah. Beach like, skank is a, just like the yeah. bleached hair, overplucked eyebrows, like your underwear kind of hanging out and like you're showing a lot of uh, a lot of belly. Yeah. yeah, I had white blonde hair. It was like white yeah. blonde, but I had the white I did too, blonde. ironically. Oh, yay! <laughs> but I also had the black underneath because I oh, was yeah. like, I was cool. I was alternative. Oh, yeah, that is uh, alternative. Yeah. yeah, so I had like the half white blonde and then the black underneath yeah. that. Um, 
but yeah, and I mean, then I then I got into the spray tan thing. Like, I'm not gonna lie, like 2007 hey. hit. Yeah, yeah, that was like everyone was orange. Yeah, everyone was orange. I always dude. think oh. my favorite time capsule from the aughts is there's this Canadian boy band called Before Four, Before Dash Four. <laughs> Someone sent me this like I don't know ten years ago. And it is just like the perfect aughts time capsule because they all have like the ice spiker hair with like a lot of highlights in it. And they're just like yes. bright fucking orange and then wearing wife beaters with like like shiny necklaces. And it all. Oh, yep. Yes. That the was the look. Thing. Yeah. That was the look. It's a good look. Good, good look. Um, <sighs> so back to Sopranos for a second. Um, Tony, like you said, is looking out uh you know, at the ocean and reminiscing, but he's also on the phone talking about a boat, which kind of leads me to um, one of the devices that they use uh, to kind of give you uh, some of the plot points that are going on. And that's Tony's Christmas list. Mm -hmm. So Tony has a Christmas list, um, which uh, the list goes as follows. Um, It's on the top, it's boat. Uh, Then it's gift for Carm. Then it's transfer cannolis uh and then it's scooter yeah where is he transferring uh, those cannolis to no idea no idea why he decided you, to use the word transfer you get a big you get charged a big fee when you have to transfer cannolis like <laughs> exactly a, that's over, a five percent fee on I'm, on cannoli transfers i'm overdrafted to my eyes and custard over here i gotta say as much as this Sopranos is also secretly a comedy. It's mm-hmm. also secretly a show about food. I mean, maybe uh, yes. not secretly, yes. but it's it's but among being many different kinds of shows, like it is a show about food. And I love food. We I talk about food all the time. Like it's mm-hmm. one, one of my favorite subjects in the world. Yeah. And this show makes me so hungry. And even yeah. though like cannolis <laughs> was a metaphor in this instance, mm-hmm. I was craving a cannoli the whole time I was watching this. I think, and I have been yeah. inspired to cook certain things after watching episodes of the sopranos before like i bought yeah. i bought ziti one time like i was like i'm yeah. gonna make big ziti yeah, yeah yeah former former guest uh uh mike isaac uh, uh he ever since he was on uh the show a few weeks ago his timeline is now all soprano shit and he yeah. did the exact same thing <laughs> yeah. yesterday he posted a picture of uh janice um trying to eat uh bobby bacala's uh wife's ziti yeah. and said uh this scene has inspired me to make baked ziti and, and same with me I, as soon as you see ziti on the show you're like that looks like the cheesiest delicious thing ever mm. yeah um also you did something just now rachel uh which was you actually explained to i think both vince and i what transfer cannolis meant uh, I didn't realize it was a metaphor. I thought he had to get cannolis from <laughs> like Satrials or something. And I was like, I don't know why I use it. Just why don't you write buy cannolis for a party? You're right. He was transferring money. That's yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I didn't pick up on that either. Cause I'm done. I didn't pick up on also, that. I like cannolis. Uh, I just think, you know, <laughs> if you're making a show about Italians, there's going to they have to be talking about food half the time. Cause that's yeah. uh, it's just kind of what we do. It's a thing, dude. You, 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 you people love food. Um, so throughout this episode, uh, like a big theme that runs through it is Tony kind of like processing his guilt with what happened to um, Big Pussy and kind of like kind of feeling bad about it, you know, for a multitude of reasons. Um, and and Polly 
um, being the exact opposite, kind of just like emotionally unavailable mm-hmm. sociopath. Mm-hmm. And it's like the worst, the worst kind of friend to have if you need a shoulder to cry on. Yeah. Uh, like, like I understand, I understand why he's mad at Big Pussy. You never snitch. Snitching is against the rules. But come on, man. <laughs> like, he's so mean. And actually, I, I have a clip of uh, Polly uh, talking about about Big Pussy. You got a friend in me. Don't waste another second on that rat fuck. You got a friend in me. I'd kill him again if I could. Two faced fuck. That fat piece of shit. Let him stay with the fish. Yeah, you got a friend in me. And he fucked me in the ass. It was a rat bastard. Fuck Santa Claus. <laughs> just so, can I just say that mm-hmm. the murder of Big Pussy, I feel like, and and the sort of the the dichotomy of like uh, Polly's, you know, sort of callous fuck that guy, and then mm-hmm. Tony wrestling with this. I feel like if this were something that was happening to uh, someone in real life and some this this would be like Twitter discourse for an entire day. If yes. Somebody, if somebody if somebody were to post a thread that was like, if you murdered your friend for snitching you out to the feds, um, it's valid. Your feelings of being sad are totally valid. <laughs> and then we would and then we would get someone like the big like or the poly character who would quote tweet that and be like, go fuck yourself. Like this, yeah. this, they're the fucking police or the cops. This person loves cops. Like and yeah. then it would yes. just start dis- yeah. and then the discourse would continue for like 24 hours and Twitter would just be a nightmare. all Yeah. Day. Yeah. Brett Brett Stevens of The New York Times would <laughs> write an article like, oh, when is it OK to forgive someone for being canceled via being shot in a boat for snitching? <laughs> like <laughs> every, the discourse would get you're exactly right this is 100 percent online discourse where the binary is basically like sometimes i feel sad even for for people even if they're flawed and if you feel sad for them fuck you yeah and fuck that person forever <laughs> you're as bad as that person you were a exactly. simp and you were also canceled you are a simp and you are also canceled. <laughs> um, yeah, so Polly definitely represents the, uh, the the side of the internet that is um, the most unforgiving and uh, just uh, the worst to talk to. But then again, the entire discourse is bad. Um, so Tony so later has a... Pa- oh, go ahead. One question I did have about this episode is that, you know, they flash back. They're trying to figure out when when big pussy got turned and that's kind of the whole gist of this entire flashback is they're trying to figure out you know Mm -hmm. when uh, the fbi turned him and uh this is like the first mention of big pussy's bad back and yes uh, and i was you know i it's still sort of an open question whether big pussy's bad back is actually that or if it is some sort of psychosomatic guilt uh symptom that he has based on going to the fbi uh, so I have a theory about that and it's not so much between it, those to me aren't the options. It's uh, whether or not his bad back is real, uh, whether or not it's psychosomatic or, you know, an actual like some sort of bulging disc or is this uh, entire thing just kind of been a ploy to, um, you know, to kind of distract from what he's doing. I mean, he's used his bad back in previous episodes to, you know, try to 
not go to the to the sauna because he was wearing a wire you know he uses bad back to explain why he had to like go back to boca and hide out for a while it's like his bad back has been uh so it's either a lie or it's not um and i noticed something in this episode where tony no longer trusts people who say they are injured and (laughs) and so the the scene where I noticed that was when he goes to visit Janice and Janice is talking about having a wrist injury from her scuffle with the Russians uh, a few episodes back. And his reaction to it is to kind of like look at his wife as if like we've talked about this. We know she's full of shit whenever yeah. she's injured. Because well, it's Janice. Because yeah. it's Janice. And, you know, and it's to be fair, she would lie about that. And in by order the way, to it's garner sympathy. Like, th- that was just like the... The perfect Janice move, which is uh, to to demand that they have Christmas or sorry, yeah, Christmas Day dinner over at her house, uh, and then get uh, Carmela to cook half of the food. But then when she comes over, her whole kitchen is a disaster, and then Carmela yeah. then has to clean her kitchen in order to cook in it. Which is doesn't oh, she also want to cook a goose? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Look, I'm sorry. Janice is kind of the worst. I mean, she I know is. that's like a general consensus. I mean, like the actress who plays her, she does a, she nails it. Oh, she's incredible. She nails the insufferable sister. Mm-hmm. Who, I mean, she is like, that is a kind of insufferable that is so grounded in reality because it yes. just creeps up on you mm. over time Yeah, where, where you just want to be like, will you just shut the fuck up Yeah. <laughs> after a while? I mean, just the fact that she gets into this relationship immediately after having this traumatic event happen to her and she mm-hmm. moves the guy in and suddenly she's a christian out of nowhere uh-huh. she's the person oh. she's the person who you know uh who you might not be close friends with but you see their posts online and like yes they're just into stuff really hardcore for like three months and yeah. then they just never talk about it again yeah and yeah, yeah. All, and they're always constantly drawing you into their bullshit like you can't yeah like you try to skate above whatever bullshit thing they're doing but they make it impossible they're like they have to wrap you up in it somehow like tony has to get wrapped up in her stupid fight over the fucking records uh, to the point where you know in this episode they have to go beat up the russians who uh who who roughed up janice for perfectly reasonable reasons yeah, stealing <laughs> stealing Svetlana's leg. <laughs> she she stole her prosthetic leg to get records back. I mean, Janice is a sociopath on on so many levels, and I completely agree. And I've said this before, but I, I have at least one friend um, who's in my life still to this day who is my Janice. She's someone who I've known for so long that she's she's like a sister. Um, so that I could never, I could never like not answer a phone call or not text back. Like it would just be too rude, but Mm -hmm. it's like, there's always a grift at play and you just kind of, uh, you accept, I like, you know, I've got, I'm just waiting for the day where I've got a thousand dollars set aside because she's going to ask for it one day. She's gonna be like, I need a thousand dollars. I'm going to be like, I know I've known for years that one day this would come. (laughs) Um, and she's the, gonna she's gonna try and get you involved in a Mlm and a multi level mm-hmm. marketing scheme. Uh, yeah, no, she sold Cutco knives in college. <laughs> really? Like, okay, well, there you go. There you go. She she tried to sell me on the knives, and I was like, I, I don't need sharp knives. <laughs> like, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't cook. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, Vince. Hey, Matt. 
As you know, Vince, I love old internet memes. Remember the early internet's obsession with Chuck Norris jokes? I do remember that. Here's one. When Chuck Norris went to college, he told his father, now you're the man of the house. <laughs> why Why do you bring this up? Well, I was thinking about those old memes, and I started thinking, I wonder what Chuck Norris is doing right now. What has he been up to? You know, I actually know the answer to that, Matt. Yeah, I recently saw a health video he made, and I was surprised. He's in his 80s. And he still seems to have energy and health. You know, I saw the very same video, Vince, and in it he says he's even stronger, has more stamina, and plenty of energy left over for his grandkids since making one simple health change that helps his digestion and nutrition. That's almost too powerful to contemplate, but yes. uh, it's true. He says he still feels like he's in his 50s. Uh, his wife made the same change, and she's never felt better. She says she feels 10 years younger and has energy all day. Uh, I am way younger than them, and I have energy for about two hours a day. Uh, and the problem is, is, you know, that many of us do not include fruits and vegetables and other herbs that increase health and energy in our own diets. Chuck Norris made a special video that explains how he incorporated these things with one simple product. I love special videos, and you can watch it too by going to mymorningkick.com slash pod yourself, and it may change your approach to your own health. Once again, that's M-Y-M-O-R-N-I-N-G-K-I-C-K.com slash pod yourself, mymorningkick.com slash pod yourself. Go there now and watch this very special Chuck Norris video. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. My favorite, so my favorite thing that really just speaks to how good The Sopranos is as a show is that Janice's new boyfriend, like when he was introduced a couple episodes ago, you think that this guy is just going to be the perfect one-off character where he's like, okay, he comes from a prayer group. uh, He is a narcoleptic. That's good for like three really good jokes. We don't ever Mm -hmm. have to hear about him again. But in this episode... They like flesh him out even more and it's just keeps getting better and better because now we found out that like Janice just as an aside says they're not sleeping together anymore. So I guess they're yeah. just he's he's just her friend and like songwriting partner. And uh he has they, they have a couple scenes where he and Janice are writing songs together and just everything all of his reactions to her are so bizarre like they're not they're not, they're like nothing that you've ever seen before on one hand and like the words that are coming out of his mouth don't sound like anything anyone would ever say and yet they're so perfect for this character and they somehow mm-hmm. make him even more real yeah no they they are um they're a perfect couple in that I, I'm not sure that either of them are pay, paying attention to each other um, in any emotional sense, but they are codependent. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, you know, they're both she, just in it for companionship. And it's yes. so obvious. And it, it, like, it makes me cringe because, you know, I've a long time ago, like I've been in relationships like Same. that where you're yeah. just like, why we don't even like each other. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's not like we fight or say mean things, but it's like, mm-hmm. we don't fuck. We don't yeah. have anything in common. Like mm-hmm. we're just doing this because we're both individually sick and can't stand being alone. Yeah. And that's Janice. She cannot stand being alone. Yeah. And he yeah, says she- some of the things he says to her, uh, it's a great mother jumping lyric, Jan. Yeah. Like, whoo. Great. That- I actually, I, I have a, I have a clip of uh, their, uh, uh, their songwriting process. Be accepted. A major. By the Lord. E major. Rejected and abandoned. I don't know. I mean, do you think it's too down? I mean, with the chorus, his blood cleans every stain. Oh, it's a great mother jumping lyric, Jan. <laughs> what are we selling? Ajax here? His blood clean stains. <laughs> like on I mean, the, it's just... on the page. Like I, I feel like on the page you read that and be like, "That is so stupid." And then in practice, mm-hmm. oh, it totally makes like it totally works for that guy with his stupid uh, soul patch and ponytail. Yeah. Oh, so pitch perfect. Yeah, because it's like you can read so much into just that line, and and the one of the things you can read into is okay before this guy uh, got into Jesus. 
Uh, he was a musician uh, and probably an addict and uh, probably swore like a sailor. And and now, you know, he's like, he's changed his ways and he is... Oh, uh, that guy is like definitely sold like a family member's car for drugs at some point. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. yeah, yeah. Yeah, this guy, uh, you know, definitely gave his nephew uh heroin and that nephew od'd and he's trying to make up for it through jesus yeah um but uh yeah no i i just i, I gotta i gotta admit like that song slaps a little bit like there's yeah. something <laughs> there was something about like the chord changes in that i was like oh i i could see this i could see this working it's not see and, the tendency for a writer would to just make their song be super bad but yeah, then they, yeah then they play it and you're like i get i could kind of see that being a song it's not like yeah. that terrible like it's it's yeah perfect it's yeah, like when it's, you're flipping through the radio and you just like have some station on and you're like okay this is a normal song and then all of a sudden you're like and his love fills me up yeah yeah you're yeah like, oh it's the christian station yes yeah 100 percent. it's every time i'm like uh on the road and yeah. i'm driving somewhere you know i'm like on the five or something like that and i'm like flipping through the stations if i hear uh a 90s alternative sounding song uh that i um that i don't recognize i'm like it's christian yeah it's because if, jesus, I, if, I, right. if i don't know it it's jesus for sure right um i was sort of fascinated with christian with i mean i did not like christian music but i was mm -hmm. fascinated with the idea of christian pop music and christian rock like i'm Jewish. Mm -hmm. So I have like, that's just totally not anything I grew up with at all. Right. But it fascinated me because I was like, these people really, really love Jesus and talk yeah, about him like he's it. like their boyfriend. And I, yeah. I don't know if you remember, but back in the sometime in the 90s, they when they would have all those co CD collection commercials for mm -hmm. every kind of genre. Songs they, of worship, dude. Songs of worship. Yeah. And it would show the people in the audiences of the concerts and they were eyes just closed. Mm -hmm. You gotta have eyes your eyes closed, closed and your hand hands up in the, in the yep. air. Hand in the air, eyes closed, girl with a really bad spiral perm. Just <laughs> sobbing. That's, the That's the move. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was definitely like um at that point it was more of like this adult contemporary uh christian and th that's basically the music i think janice is more trying to play is adult yeah. contemporary christian um whereas like the the music i think that we're talking about was this more like christian rock uh yes. which which is just uh it all sounds like the fucking you know the the band from lost you know uh <laughs> and, and but with jesus in it like that that shit was sounds uh, like uh david silver's band on uh, 90210 wow nice yeah. look at that yeah. look at that you haven't Paul. seen melrose place but you have seen 90210 yeah. you should watch melrose place no 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> so um in Janice's storyline, uh basically Janice admits um, you know, to Tony kind of the grift straight up. Like she says to him, uh, you know, because he criticizes her for the fact, like, come on, how many when's the last prayer meeting you've went that you went to? And she pauses and she says, I know. And, you know, me and this dude don't sleep together anymore. But at this point, it's about um, the Christian contemporary genre and trying to get some record company interest. And and I think there's something about that um, kind of naked uh, honesty about her grift that 
makes that softens Tony's heart a little like he stops being <laughs> yeah. gr- the Grinch and his heart gr- grows, you know, three sizes. And so he he starts to like kind of believe that Janice maybe isn't lying about the fact that her her um you know wrist is injured and he pulls out his Christmas list and he adds one more <laughs> entry to it and it's Janice's Russian uh-huh. and it is I think the sweetest Christmas gift I think I've ever heard anyone give anybody, like just the gift of revenge, you yeah. know, is, is and such nice. a... And it really softens her heart too. Like once he does oh, it, yeah. she takes this as like the sweetest thing that he's ever done for her, which yeah. leads to the other moment with the uh, Christian guy where she says, I think there needs to be like the brother yeah. element. And he... Th- th- this line like just blew my mind. She says that and he immediately acts like he knows what she exactly what she's saying and he says he ain't he ain't heavy which yeah. is so, well, I, I don't I, I don't know what well, I, like, I, I barely I'm, get it yet it perfectly makes sense and it's just such a bizarre line. Oh. Well, you know that song he ain't heavy? Yeah. Yeah. So it's no. sort of like, oh, he's my brother. I love him unconditionally, no matter See, I, what. Like I know the lyric. Like I guess I don't understand like the uh, the themes of "He Ain't Heavy," other than the fact that I know it's a song. But uh, yeah, yeah. They played I, it in this PSA, this anti-drug PSA back in the day, and it they played that song over like scenes of like two brothers together. But then at the <sighs> end, it turns out one of the brothers OD'd. Oh fuck! And like fucking died, and it's like honestly like one of those PSAs where you're like, I don't want to cry at this because it's really corny, and like yeah. you know, just say no bullshit. Mm-hmm. But like, you guys got me. Yeah, 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 so yeah. I guess that's what me. I get. You, you think that's what they're re- referencing here? Yeah. No, I don't think they're referencing that PSA. But like for me, that song always reminds me of that PSA from my childhood, where it's just mm. fucking devastating. I, it's funny. I I feel like I've completely missed this song. What is is he ain't heavy about a brother? Is that what that song's about? Yeah, he says because he's my brother, right? Doesn't he? <laughs> I don't it's, know. Like, it's like an old song. It's like from the seventies. I need to listen to it. It it it, it puts the line into context because I have no idea. It. You'll know it when you hear it. Yeah, I yeah. I'll, I'll have to check it out. But yeah, Janice's reaction to this is. It's just so adorable because uh, like you, you're not sure how she's going to take it. Um, and she takes it exactly the same way that her mother, Livia, um, took it uh, whenever, you know, Johnny, her husband, uh, Tony's father, would come back with stakes that he got because he beat the shit out of, you know, the guy who runs Satrials, which is like there's something that really melts her heart when someone does violence for her and and it's like she shares that with her mother in some way it's just it's very cute and um it's a it's a great christmas gift i wish someone would uh, beat the shit out of uh you know one of my enemies i don't have i need to have more enemies yeah you need to get meaner um yeah so then i guess the other uh so it was hard to say whether this is a janice episode i guess it's like a sort of a janice sort of a tony episode yeah, um, it's and, a it's a Tony. And then uh, the other storyline is uh, Jackie Jr., which yeah. this storyline I do find slightly confusing. Where, well, first of all, mean, I guess it starts. It goes back to Charmaine because 
For some mm-hmm. reason, Charmaine is back at Vesuvio uh, yeah. looking hot, which Tony uh-huh. feels compelled to tell Carmela about for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I, I mean, I think Carmela brought it up first, uh, which was a mistake on her part because she just gets pissed off. But uh, yeah, Charmaine, uh, divorce Charmaine looking good. Uh, she's, you know, she's wearing tighter clothes and everyone uh, at Vesuvio is looking at her and for some reason thinks it's okay to, to like tell her. And like, I mean, it's weird because it's like, it's one thing to say you look nice, I guess, but it's another thing entirely to uh, just straight up stare at her tits and then mm-hmm. be like, hey, better that you're around now. Tuts. It's like, what is, why would you? I thought they were just being is, polite because she clearly wanted someone to comment on how she looks. How dare you, Vince? <laughs> <laughs> And and what's interesting is that uh, Tony he says so he says as much uh, in a scene like he he com- he ends up completely embodying the type of scumbag who just tells a random woman hey you look good smile more um, <laughs> in in the second scene that he has with Charmaine which uh, I have a clip of Carmela was right you look great thank you see I feel like you look great is. A fine compliment, but I no, think, that was a good start. But I think because he said Carmela was right, which is a weird way to preface it, uh, yeah. that she somehow took offense to that part of it for whatever. Here's reason. why she. Here's why she took offense. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna say like, this seems like a maybe like a catty like. Oh, she thinks Carmela was being catty. Mm-hmm. Like she was being. She was saying, oh trying to gauge Tony's reaction by saying, doesn't Charmaine look nice? And expecting right. Tony to say, she looks like shit. You're the most beautiful woman in the world. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Always a so, good gamble. Is that what so, we're supposed to say in that situation? Yes. I Vince. guess. Okay, I mean, if you have know. a, if you, if you're married to Carmela <laughs> sure. and she's yeah. an incredibly jealous person. Right. And you've also cheated multiple times on yes. her. <laughs> you always tell, always tell Carmela that the other women look like dog shit. Yeah, always yeah. that's just should be the general rule but he fucking failed that and that's why she got pissed because he's like mm-hmm. yeah she does look nice or whatever so to me i took that scene as charmaine knowing that carmella was like judging her look in some way whether it was positive or negative but i mean i've seen that before i've had conversations with other women before and not to generalize please don't out reply me but like <laughs> where you're having a conversation with someone and maybe you don't like this person or maybe it's the new girlfriend of your friend like the you know of your friend's ex and you just want to talk some shit about that person like yeah oh, well, they're not pretty they're not pretty you're way prettier than them like because you're uh-huh. building up your friend so i would get the feeling like oh you guys were talking about yes. how i looks yeah how i look yeah. what were you what was she saying why was she fishing for your opinion on how i look and then tony's reaction to that was super weird too where he, he kind of like rubbed it in Carmela's face, which didn't make any sense. He's like, yeah, she looks great. I bet you thought she'd look like a piece of shit. And it was like, <laughs> yeah. why, why would well, you uses, assume that she would, uh, what? <laughs> he, he uses the word crone, which, uh, no, crawl, you know, crawl. He says crawl because he's trying, he's thinking of crone and troll. Yeah. Oh, that was I a got great it. malapropism corner. Where he's like, I don't know, you know, like a crone or a troll. I don't know. Leave me alone. Yeah, yeah, great. yeah. That was great. I'm trying to give you a compliment. Well, don't. What's your fucking problem? All these years I sat here and I kept my mouth shut. 
I don't want you and your boys coming in here. And look what happened. Look what you've done to my husband. Arnie? I'm trying to help him. Yeah, well, good luck. Because he's a friggin' mess. Get the fuck out of here. Where to? Who gives a shit? First of all, Artie has always been a mess. <laughs> yeah. That man has never not been completely on edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and he's also like the 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 fact that he's m- more on edge has nothing to do <laughs> with the fact that Tony Soprano is there. If Tony wasn't there making him feel cool, like <laughs> he would have nothing. He would have yep. this this would have unraveled years ago yep. this marriage between Charmaine and Artie. So it's like it's it to blame Tony for it I think is it's it's a little bit misplaced. Um but at the same time uh, I do love the fact that Tony, uh, his response is, uh, you know what? Fuck this place. We're never going here again. Let's try this new place. And then immediately cut to a strip club, <laughs> yeah. which is just, uh, well, you know, it, it's perfect. It's funny because uh, Silvio says, I've been meaning to check out the competition. And like originally <laughs> I thought he meant the composition for Vesuvio, like they're going to go to yeah. another Italian restaurant. But he actually meant the competition for the Bing. For so the Bing, yeah. To the thing that's like the off-brand Bing. But then uh, the part that confused me a little bit is that, you know, Tony sees Jackie Jr. at the, the strip club and he gets very yeah. mad at him for going to a strip club, which is, you know, I, I guess understandable, but uh, yeah, clearly like hypocritical for a guy whose work is a strip club. Yeah, yeah, but it makes sense though, because I mean, he is dating his daughter and you know, this is his firstborn, his pride and joy, the one who's not a fucking dumbass like AJ, like the one who's actually going to make it uh-huh. going to like sure. Columbia. Like I, Qu- I see question i see what like would he if jackie jr had just been there having a drink watching the girls dance like from somewhere in the bar with his friends as opposed to getting a lap dance where he's like kissing on some girls big fake boobs uh would tony have been as mad about that yeah well because in the previous episode just look at his reaction to he finds jackie jr at like an underground casino that he ends up going to you know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like his reaction to that was to to yell at him and push him against the wall and and tell him like he's fucking up. Yeah. Um, I mean, he definitely doesn't just... want him to be a gangster, which is clear. But I don't right. know if he would have gone all the way to like beating the shit out of him. Yeah. No. But I I think it was to me it was like this is strike two. Yes. You know, uh, is like he sees him now. Uh, you know, and the fact that yeah, he's getting a lap dance is definitely good. You know, grounds for him uh, punching him in the dick or whatever he did, <laughs> um, telling him he bottomed out. Which uh, I, I, I'm not entirely sure why he said you've bottomed out. Like, part of me is like, is that like a gangster term for when somebody you know bets you know everything and then loses it all? Um, yeah. Or is he is is this like a recovery? term where he's like this is this is you've hit rock bottom and uh you need to get your life together i think also he was primarily really upset with him at the strip club in particular is because now he's forever gonna picture the guy that his daughter is with 
mm-hmm. as some guy who loves to motorboat chicks. <laughs> and he's like, if he does that to some stranger, what's he doing to my daughter? It's like, <laughs> that's exactly right. You know, you don't, I like, I don't have kids, whatever, but like, it would be weird if I saw like, you know, my son or daughter's mm-hmm. partner, doing something sexual. Yeah. I'd be like, I don't want to think about you in that context. You don't want to know their kinks. Yeah. I don't want to know what you're into. Yeah. Because yeah. that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You that know, being said, that, like that's exactly yeah. what Tony would have done in that situation. Of course. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, and I think that's also what pisses Tony off about this is like a lot of this stuff is exactly what Tony would have done. Tony would have gone to the underground casino because he went there and Jackie was there. Tony would have gone to a strip club because he went there and Jackie was there. It's like for him, it's like he does not actually want um, Meadow to be with someone like him you know because exactly. he know he, he knows himself he's like no yeah. i'm a i'm a piece of shit he has a sufficient amount of self-loathing i think to uh to just enough to be protective of his daughter and his daughter's future so it, it's it makes sense to me that he would look at jackie and be like especially when he found the gun on him mm-hmm. well yeah like but he's that was like, after he started beating the shit out of him already Right. Well, you know, the motorboating of the titties probably is the thing that set him over the edge. Mm. And then the gun was just, uh, you know, the cherry on top. Um, yeah. um, do you want? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. Uh, and then uh, I, I think I want to get into uh, something this episode that uh, I, I think can't go overlooked. And that's the um, the massive amount of random dumb christmas chatter that happens between all the gangsters mm-hmm. like this is one of those episodes where i realize that what i also enjoy about the sopranos other than kind of like you know the the great storylines and the drama is just watching a bunch of idiots sit around and talk about nothing yeah like it, it is it's so fantastic and, well, and uh, yeah one of the things that i feel like that we don't have in our current era of of uh you know just adulthood is um like a job as a place where you go to bullshit with your buddies because i feel like for yeah. much of the 20th century like the job really was a place where you go uh, you know, you go to a place and you chat, you know, over a water cooler or like over a carburetor or whatever the fuck it might be. Yeah. But, you know, you talked about world events with your friends and it was a more social kind of world. Whereas I, I sure. think now, or at least ever since I've been like a working adult, you didn't really like talk about, uh, like my coworkers were never really like my friends for the yeah. most part. And you didn't, it wasn't a place where you went to go chat with people and uh and relate with people because you do it online on yes, social media exactly you get all of your opinions you put put all your best opinions online what you think right. are your best opinions uh-huh. yeah and you get into like kind of the the more uh just random chit chat you do through the group chat you know like that's that's where you're having your your conversations uh about you know it being weird that santa doesn't have uh kids (laughs) and uh and that that's one of my favorite scenes uh and i have a clip of it santa you still haven't got one you want to do it me what do i know about i don't have kids you don't have to santa's every kids yeah that's strange Mr. and Mrs. Claus didn't have kids of their own. Probably why they got into it in the first place. I used to think the elves were their kids. They were running a sweatshop over there. There was something on TV. 
The original elves were ugly, traveled with Santa to throw bad kids are beaten, and he gave the good ones toys. The fucking Grinch. Maybe that's where I got the idea. That fucking Dr. Seuss ripped it off. That Grinch, man, that's where the money is. Couple of hundred mil, put Jim Carrey in the motherfucker. Just talking about nothing. Yeah. Just yeah. like all of them, like just talking past each other. Somehow they're going like their segues are are beautiful. And and I just to me, it's like I could listen to this if this was a podcast. If it was Absolutely. just like seven guidos yeah. talking about Christmas, talking about anything. Thank God just, there's no podcast like that with the Sopranos cast members doing that. No, 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 no. There's nothing like that at all because there's only one Sopranos podcast <laughs> and you're currently listening to it. Um, I, uh, another thing that they do right around this scene is uh, another thing that I love about the Sopranos is that like normally expository dialogue feels like creaky and bad. Yes. Whereas like in the Sopranos, the the expository dialogue gives you like these horrifying glimpses into terrible shit that they've done to the community. And uh, mm-hmm. you can, I can just listen to that every day and that's one of my um fa- in, t- in terms of favorite least favorite that's one of my favorite moments of this episode is when uh, Polly says when Johnny Boy busted this place out and took it over and old man Satrial put a bullet in his own head there was a lot of yeah. sadness on the block yeah <laughs> it's just I, like I, and I, two sentences but I have a I have a clip of that exact moment because I also thought it was so brilliant. Like the way that they mixed the the horrifying violence uh, it, that that they live with every day and Christmas, and yeah. it's, it's just together. It just it's so beautiful. But we still got to find somebody to play Santa. <laughs> the fuck out of here. That's fitting, you know. After all, it was your father who started this whole tradition. That's right. When Johnny Boy busted this place out and took it over. An old man Satriel put a bullet in his own head. There was a lot of sadness on the block. Nothing like Christmas ham couldn't fix. <laughs> Come on, T. <laughs> the ham. Yeah, nothing a Christmas ham couldn't fix. You know, like the just maybe the darkest shit ever. And then back to like, hey Tony, you wanna play Santa Claus? For like the children, no yeah. less. For the yeah. children, this is an event they're putting together for the children. Yeah. I mean, Polly is like the ultimate. Like, like he, he's like. He's so zen in his nihilism, you know. He's just yeah. like, yeah, bad. like he. There's that famous quote with uh, with Christopher, where Christopher's like, "Do you ever think nothing good's ever going to happen to you?" And Polly's like, "So what? Nothing ever did." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. And he's just like, "And I'm still here." Yeah, and you know, he and shit. yeah, it's like, hey, nothing good needs to happen to you. you just surviving is good. Yeah, right. and uh, there is something about that kind of like. Uh, you know, low expectation uh, for yourself and for what life has to offer that does feel like, uh, I don't know, it does feel very zen. There is something about that. It's like, yeah, it's like, it reminds me like early on in recovery when I was like my bar for you know, having a good day was like, number one, not using drugs mm-hmm. and then like only feeling sad for a little bit. Totally. And I was just like, I had a pretty good day. And it was just like your goals shrink down to just like if I can just reach these two, you know, boxes, I can yep. check them off, then then I'll be good. And then yep. Polly's just someone who just like that. That's how he's lived this whole life. It's uh you know, except for, you know, the murder and stuff. Right. But he's like, nothing good has to happen to you. You don't have yeah. to. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, and that, that's kind of like this is the the I think the final um, storyline, and to me the most uh, rewarding Christmassy storyline of the episode, which is uh, that the you know the boys need someone to play Santa for for the kids um, for this Christmas tradition, and they can't find someone to play Santa, um, which is a, a very adorable. I think it's a storyline that could work in any show like sitcom drama doesn't matter but on the sopranos it it works so well that mm-hmm. i'm i was just shocked at how funny and perfect of a storyline this was um and they do eventually get um bobby bacala to play santa but not before threatening his life <laughs> well, that's what's so funny about the storyline is it is true that this could work in any other genre of television this yeah. this this concept of like we need our friend but in the uh you know pax channel or the mm-hmm. hallmark channel right of, of this episode it would end with bobby bacala realizing that santa was inside him all along right right exactly <laughs> but instead yeah. it but instead it ends with him basically like telling a kid to fuck off like get the fuck (laughs) off my lap which is if we're doing favorite least favorite scene my absolute favorite scene is bobby bacala just trying to hold it together enough to play (laughs) santa and uh i have a clip of that you were just here i was not yeah you were you were on my lap five minutes ago no i wasn't yes you were now you're going on Santa's list and you're getting nothing. Fuck you, Santa. Hey! You don't talk that way to Santa. Get back there. Tell Santa you're sorry. Come on. I'm sorry, Santa. That's better. What the hell's wrong, Bobby? You got to get to your own. I don't want to do this. Shyness is a curse. I feel like the kids' <laughs> line read of fuck you, Santa is so funny for whatever reason. It's, so it's perfect. Yeah, that kid is that kid is brilliant. Uh, I think it's it's so rare in any episode of The Sopranos to see a bad performance by a bit actor that I uh, like his his perfect fuck you Santa was just like expected at this <laughs> yeah. point for me. Like yeah. I, everyone on the show just, is so good. They cast everyone perfectly, even the children. He committed really it so am- hard. He's just like. Fuck you, Santa. Santa. It's like it was building. Oh, so good. I really appreciated too that the mom (laughs) reprimanded the child instead of what you maybe like a stereotypical parent of today that was like a non Jersey Mm -hmm. Italian parent, like an LA parent would have been like, how dare you scold my child? Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. That's exactly what would have happened today. They would have, they would have said like, uh, you know, um, you know, you, you yell at my child. He is a child. It's like, yeah, he's trying to steal a second toy. And it's like, yeah. he is a child. It's well, like, and I think you're an accomplice. Perf- I think you're trying to help him. Yeah. In perfect <laughs> Sopranos fashion, there is no good guy, which is like this, the best thing about the show always. Like totally. they're, they're both bad. Like Santa is a dick. And then the kid was trying to scam another toy and they're both right. bad and it's wonderful. I love yeah. it. So... Uh, they find Bobby. He wears the Christmas suit. And uh, the, I think the final scene for me um, is a personal favorite. It's time to open gifts. It's Christmas time. 
uh aj gets another sweater and in peak aj fashion is totally bummed about it <laughs> um because that's just who aj is aj is someone who gets clothing for christmas and uh is, and yells about it because yeah. uh he wants dvds of the matrix <laughs> meanwhile uh meadow gets tony a gift that is such a perfect hilarious callback that i i just was for me it's it's a personal favorite uh and i i have a clip of that big mouth billy bass what is that oh those are good where do you see what it does <laughs> i want to see this on your desk promise yeah. <laughs> oh my god that is hilarious <laughs> There's something about um, the whole family sitting around playing a Big Mouth Billy Bass and laughing about it like it's the funniest thing they've ever seen. Like, like it's hilarious because it's so fucking stupid watching yes. AJ's face like, oh, this is going to be good. But at the same time, I, I'm not even above it. That was me and my family. We no, all loved well, that Big no, Mouth Billy Bass. Sweater. I was going to say that the big mouth Billy Bass fish is such a perfect time capsule to 2001. Uh -huh. yeah. And because I remember that year during Christmas, everyone's fucking dad or grandpa, mm -hmm. like the person you can't buy anything for because <laughs> a, they either have everything or they're impossible to shop. They don't want anything. You get it for like your grandpa or your dad or something. Yeah. Everyone's fucking grandpa or dad got that gift. It, it was it was just it was a phenomenon. It was like the novelty gift of the turn of the century. And yeah. I, I'm like positive it'll be in history books. <laughs> it, you know? it should be. And and another thing about that, just to talk about that time capsule, that one of the things I love about the Sopranos is it is such a perfect time capsule for the aughts but at mm -hmm. the same time it still remains like such a timeless show like it, yeah. it's not one of yeah. those shows that is like oh this is so dated mm -hmm. like it's just like it's almost a period piece now yeah yeah you know it, yeah it, it works it, it, to me it's it, it it in the same sense it's kind of and i'm not trying to like compare it to you know i'm not trying to suck its dick but it reminds me a lot of like movies like citizen kane and uh and like the godfather in which like the they so much uh invented like the filmmaking itself uh was so groundbreaking that everything that came after that just did what they did yeah and uh it so it doesn't feel dated like you watch citizen kane and you you wouldn't be able to tell what year that it was in i mean you would think like oh was this movie made in 1955 you know if you didn't know and like uh, it's the same thing i think with the godfather where it's like you watch it and you're not like oh this is a 70s movie you know right. it's uh right it's, and and in the same way with sopranos being the beginning of kind of like prestige tv like high budget prestige tv it's like uh yeah to me it doesn't feel dated at all although right. i i have heard people say that the first couple of seasons to them felt way more dated and and i will say that generally holds up there are moments uh in the first couple of seasons where uh it's got that kind of a little bit of a 90s feel um right. but uh yeah no it is uh, it's timeless and wonderful and a time capsule all at yeah. the same time <laughs> Um, all right. Finally, um, 
I have uh I just have one gobba vuff on ghoul, Vince. Okay. Oh, we have um, a couple of voicemails too. If we want to play, unvetted. oh, we have voicemails. We want to play unvetted voicemails. Which you know what? Fun. I think we should finally start doing it. You know, Let's it's one it. of those things we've asked people to do it all the time and then they just keep sending them and we keep not playing it on this podcast. So let's, let's do it. It's voicemail time. All right. Well, here's one. It's kind of looks kind of long. I don't know what it's about because the Google tra- like transcriptions all garbled, but uh, let's go for it. Why not? I'm worried. Let's do it. Matt, Vince. Oh, Scott, I'm listening to the episode of the Mushadel. Uh, B plus. You give every episode a B plus. It's a great episode. Love the episode. Love the love the guests. Love the commentary. Love the fucking mix. Give me fucking dying with the spaghetti. Jesus fucking Christ! What a great scene. And also like fucking tremendous remix. Uh, secondary to this, if you've ever heard of uh, such things as called a, a YouTube poop, kind of put it on feelers on the internet to see that anyone's ever that rings any bells. Uh, what the hell did he just say? YouTube coop? That's what I heard. (laughs) You know, uh, I don't know how you would reach me. I don't fucking care enough to... If any text message this fucking number, I don't know if you can get that. Whatever. (laughs) Point is, in every episode of B+, come on. You loved it. I loved it. Perfect. You think of no bad scenes every episode of B+, not A- or an A. Come on. Have some balls. Anyway, uh, love the episode. Love you guys. Good night. They're they're catching up on our shticks. Uh, they might they might have figured it out. I uh, you know I I have a feeling that some people still haven't figured out <laughs> that we give every episode a B plus as a bit, and it's I think it's uh, I thought it would have been clear by now. Yeah, it's oh, right. you wanted you asked people to rate you a B plus. No, no, at the no, end no. Of every episode we like say, well, what do you think? Ah, solid B plus, because it's like oh, yeah. we spend right. an hour and a half talking about the episode, but then we give it like a dumb grade that doesn't mean anything. Kind yeah, of, yeah, right. Like, and is joke. also is also just not quite good enough for people who love The Sopranos. <laughs> it's insulting. Yeah, yeah. it's insulting. It's, it's like insulting. a B plus, like ooh, almost there, as if we have the refined taste to grade it. <laughs> yeah. It's very, it's like the most pedantic of grades, which is great. It's yeah. my favorite. It's my favorite grade. Okay, we have another one. Hey, Matt. Vince, home of the world's only Sopranos podcast. I just want to say a sincere thank you for all bumpers, all the laughs, all the good times you guys share about the Sopranos from not knowing jack shit about Edgar Allan Poe to, I don't know how you didn't know this, uh, Lady Gaga wasn't in an episode. It's like common knowledge. But anyway, I'm just driving from one hospital to another for check on the trailer for a vaccine trial. Good to know that I'm out here busting my ass trying to get patients treatment. You guys dicking around talking about the problem. <laughs> Keep it up. Yep, that's our. Yep, that's what we're doing. Some that, people are saving the world mm-hmm. by helping with uh, vaccines, and some people are making Sopranos podcasts equally important. <laughs> look, you there's know, varying degrees of essential in terms of workers. And absolutely, uh, look, we we're we're also essential. Uh, but I agree. Just maybe a different plane of essential. It's well, a I, different level, but you know what? As a podcaster myself, mm-hmm. I get those. E- we get those emails like, "Thank you." I, I was working at the hospital all day, and I love your show. And I'm like, "Oh my god, no, thank you!" Like yeah. I'm just a piece of shit with a microphone. <laughs> but you know what? 
hey, we're important too. Because here's the thing. What, what, what else are they going to listen to on their commute to the place where every day hundreds of people are dying in their communities? Exactly. exactly. You know, it's, 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 uh, listen, some, some, somebody's got to add some levity to this fucking dumpster fire of a year. And I'm glad that it can be podcasters who come to save the day. We are the real heroes, which I think is what you're trying to say there. This is about us. Mm -hmm, This is mm -hmm. about us. Listen to our new podcast, The Real Heroes. Uh, It's (laughs) where we just talk about uh, how great we are for not doing, (laughs) lifting a finger to help the needy. Um, Yeah. uh, So I guess uh, all in all, um, this episode, uh, I don't know. What would you rate it, Vince? Uh, That's a tough one. I'm going to say solid B plus. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking, you know, I'm going to do something different this week. Uh, After that phone call, I I do feel kind of bad about it. So this week, I'm going to give this episode a B plus. Solid. Solid B plus. Solid B plus. Yeah. B plus. It's a perfect grade. Uh, what about you, Rachel? What, what do you think? Well, <laughs> solid B plus. And you know why? Because I what? got all D's in high school. Hell yeah. But to yeah. me, that is a win. Yeah, that is. I mean, hey, a B plus, that's uh, the person like that. You could get a job with that. You know yeah. what? My parents would have been so fucking happy if I yeah. got a B plus in high school in any of my classes. They would have yeah. been over the moon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I uh, I feel like my grade point average was a solid B plus. That's uh, good. Well, because isn't mean, well, look, I'm comparing it to me. I went to I had to go to continuation high school because I was such a fuck up. Well, but- my, I I don't know if this is right or not, but isn't it that an A is 3.0 to 4.0? That's B is 3.0 to 4.0. Wait, no. An A is no. four, B is three. Yes. Yeah. A is yeah. Four, so, B is three. Well, so I got. So what's a two point nine five? That's like a C plus yeah. average, basically. Fuck. Okay. So uh, or I a got B a solid s- average, depending on how you want to. Look okay. It, we'll I call guess. it. Well, yeah, yeah. No, we'll call it a B. Uh, so I got a B minus. Is a B is a, a, a B minus average. I so, hate uh, the whole thing. They're already giving us credit scores when we're teenagers. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> it's pretty fucked up. It's really <laughs> fucking mean. At my continuation high school, we didn't have grades. If, oh. we, if we made it to school, they were like, yes. Well, they got, <laughs> gave you an you. automatic 600 on your SAT if you didn't stab anyone at continuation. It's I think. honestly true. We had a smoking <laughs> section at our school. We, were like, we, we would rather we see, we would rather you didn't leave campus. They just didn't want us to leave. They wanted to monitor us. Yeah. And you know what? That's the only reason I graduated high school. So it's like- God bless God bless it's like them. the institutional equivalent of your mom being like, well, if you're going to drink, you might as well drink here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I really love was. it. It really was. Well, the fact that there was a smoking section at uh, your continuation high school does make you uh, the coolest guest that we've had on this podcast. Yeah, um, so, so thank you uh, so much for coming on, Rachel. Where can people find you online? Well, you can find me on my Twitter at the Rachel Fisher. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talk about a lot about reality TV and about what food I'm eating, if that's what you're interested in. And you can find my podcast, Hollywood Crime Scene. Uh, it's a comedy podcast that's also heavily researched. And we talk about crimes involving celebrities or crimes that occurred in Los Angeles. Nice. Nice. So get those wherever podcasts are sold, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, patreon.com slash fraughtcast for all of our bonus episodes in which we uh, talk about uh, any number of shows and movies. Uh, so go to patreon.com slash fraughtcast, F-R-O-T-C-A-S-T, fraughtcast at gmail.com for any questions, comments, concerns, email us. Uh, Vince, what is the Google Voice number? 415-275-0030. All right, everyone. Thank you so much again for listening. And until next time, don't stop believing. Don't stop. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.